Hey everybody, this is Sean from Low Code Approach. Before we hop in today's episode, I want to let you know that we are collecting everyone's thoughts on what topics we should cover for the upcoming season. To submit them, hopefully you're not driving. If you are, wait until you get somewhere safe. But go to aka.ms forward slash low code topic request. That's all one word aka.ms forward slash low code topic request. From there, enter what topics you'd like us to cover in the upcoming season. And who knows, maybe we'll be able to get to them and get to the best people at Microsoft to talk to. Anyway, thanks for listening. We're excited to get your thoughts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of The Low Code Approach. I am Sean Senior, Senior Product Marketing Manager on the Power Platform side, not Wendy. And I'm joined by... And I am Wendy Haddad, and I am a Senior Cloud Solution Architect working with our customers to implement the Power Platform and Governance Administration, also a former customer. And I am joined by, also not Wendy... I am... Not going to cause very much trouble this time, um, even though I always introduce myself differently. Every time I join, Kendrick Aguilar, Dr. No, and with us today, Sean, would you please introduce our guests? That was the smoothest intro ever, Ken. Thank you. Today, we are joined by April Dunham, Principal Cloud Advocate at Microsoft. Hey, April, first off, thank you for joining us. Second off, Principal Cloud Advocate. What is that? What do they do? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So Principal Cloud Advocate, we work in, we have a basically a developer relations group inside of Microsoft. And our job is to be the conduit between the developer community and Microsoft and the product teams. So we're out there actively engaging with the community every day, making sure that a lot of our, what we do is content creation. So we make sure that we fill any gaps that there might be in the product documentation. And maybe we need videos, um, anything that's really blocking people from getting the most in my case out of the power platform because that's the team that I'm on and that I lead and anything that could be blocking people there to getting what they need out of the platform and getting into it and seeing if we can help them overcome. So we do a lot of speaking at conferences. We do a lot of videos. We even venture into TikTok, that side of things, short form video, do a lot of keeping documentation updated and all of that and just engaging with the community and getting their feedback and giving that back to the product team to improve the product. April, speaking of product team, how do you decide what content is next? Do you, does the product team tell you what to do? Is it customer led? How do you decide on the idea? It's a little bit of both. That's a great question. So I mean, obviously there's some things that, you know, the product team, some new features that are being released that we want to help amplify and make sure people know about, or maybe they know from metrics wise, there are certain features that aren't being utilized or their capacity that could really help people that we need to help let people know about. But then also really the core of what we do is what the community needs. So if there's any big gaps or really not understanding a feature um, or there's a problem with the feature, something like that, that's really where we tend to focus on and make sure that we're doing what the community needs while also making sure that the community is is able to know about what the product team is releasing and, and what they want to help amplify. So we're, we kind of straddle the line on, on both there. So this is a little bit of old news, hopefully for those of us on the podcast, but it's it's also something that I think people kick the can on a little bit and is now becoming more top of mind. We wanted to talk to you a little bit about InfoPath and SharePoint workflows, especially because you are on the front lines, right? And you you do hear what people are saying. And actually, I want to just ask you kind of open question here. First of all, what is InfoPath and SharePoint workflow for the audience who may not know? And then secondly, what are you hearing? Kind of the sentiment around this as it transitions to, so spoiler alert, it's going away. 
um, and as it transitions to to the power platform. Hopefully that's not a newsflash for, for anyone listening that is going away, but uh, InfoPath and SharePoint Designer do hold a special place in my heart. That's where uh, my background, I was in SharePoint development and .NET development. So I did a lot of work with those tools back in the day. Uh, really InfoPath, you can think of it kind of like a, a an old school power apps in a way. So it's just a way to build applications or really forms over data. When you look at it, it gives you kind of what you see is what you get editor. So you can drag and drop controls and build out a form that you can use to write data into SharePoint and uh, pull data from SharePoint and, and all of that. So it's really built on SharePoint services and intended to help you extend what you can do out of the box with, say, SharePoint list and libraries and things like that. Designer is kind of like maybe a predecessor to Power Automate in a way specifically for SharePoint. So that gives you a way to automate workflows, processes, do things like approvals inside of SharePoint over your SharePoint data. And what are you hearing on the field that you said you've been kind of working on the front lines? Or are people thinking about this? Are they kicking the can? Are they, oh, I've got it, it's down? Yeah, so for, for InfoPath and SharePoint Designer, I would say there's a lot more businesses than you would think that are utilizing both of those tools. They're very heavily used for automations and for forms and all of that. Over the last few years, I've noticed less and less people using them. So there's InfoPath has been around since I believe 2003. It's been been a while. So there's a 2010 version that reached end of life. I believe it was this year. And then the 2013 versions, which are the latest versions of InfoPath in SharePoint Designer are reaching end of life in 2026. So there has been a lot of discussion and you know, amongst the community is okay, it's, it's we only have basically three years now to, to kind of get off of these legacy tools. And so lots of discussion on how we, what's the best transition off of the tools, what tools are in place to help us kind of evaluate where we are and what the best tool is to move off of InfoPath and SharePoint Designer. So I'm hearing there's lots of questions rumbling with that deadline, fast approaching for the 2013 versions of those tools. So you brought up a good point, like it's still heavily used amongst some organizations out in the wild. For those admins that are seeing this date come even closer for retirement, how do they assess the impact that transitioning off of InfoPath or SharePoint Workflow Engine 2013 would have on their organization when they have to plan their, their migration off of those two products? That's a great question. There's lots of tools out there that have been released to really help you, A, just get the lay of the land for you know how many forms do we have out there? How many workflows do we have out there that we potentially need to replace? So there's an InfoPath forms assessment tool under our PNP GitHub repo. That's really good to use. That will kind of give you a lay of the land InfoPath wise. There's also in the SharePoint migration tool that will tell you what SharePoint designer workflows you have, what InfoPath forms are out there too, to, to give you that set point that you know of what you need to evaluate. And then beyond that, just kind of a matter of going through and identifying the, the really high priority ones, because there's a lot of things that you might find that can be consolidated or you haven't used in years. So that, that'll give you that data of here are the things that haven't been used in years, we don't really need to invest time in versus the really high priority, highly used scenarios that we need to prioritize in moving over. So I got a follow up question to that, actually, even though you are looking at this transition of technologies for organization, is this almost like a, a spring cleaning or an opportunity to look for operational inefficiencies? And how can we address these maybe using a, a new tool like Power Automate for SharePoint workflows, what's the way to 
help pass that messaging on to leadership if you're an admin? How would you recommend they pass that messaging on? That's a great point. It's really a good opportunity to, to do that spring cleaning. So this is your chance so when a product like this reaches end of life, you have to move off to something. It's a forcing function. So it's a in turn a forcing function to reevaluate what's the best platform. Because when you, when you think about tools like InfoPath and um, even SharePoint Designer, they're kind of old school. Like an InfoPath form, you can tell it looks, it looks old. It's not designed for the modern way that we work on phones and tablets and all of that. So it's really an opportunity to evaluate, is that the best way that we've been operating on an InfoPath form on a desktop computer? Or would a mobile app be more sufficient for that? Are there other services that maybe we haven't been able to integrate with because of some of the limitations with the tools that it would be nice to integrate with that we could say in Power Automate with all the connector model that we have? So it's a really great opportunity to start thinking of it from that perspective of what are the things that we were doing because we're limited in scope of what the tools could provide? versus what's the ideal user experience and the outcome that we'd like and then find the, the right tools for the job. We tend to shy away from the licensing questions very often, but InfoPath was one of the, some of the appeal of it was that it was basically free. You had SharePoint and you could start building things on top of it. What do customers need in their transition, just pure basics, to move from, say, an InfoPath form to something like a Power App? Hitting me with the the licensing question, right? <laughs> right towards the beginning. Gotta love it. Um, the, uh, you, we have to talk about that there when we're talking about transitioning. So, for one, you have to do an evaluation of what are your. We'll take InfoPath as an example here. What what is it doing? What data sources is it connecting to? Because that determines the licensing that you're going to need inside of the Power Platform. Say if you want to move to that. So there is what we call a seeded version of the Power Platform, which gives you the ability to do forms over data to do workflow automation with your SharePoint data. So again, one of the benefits of InfoPath and SharePoint Designer were that it was included in your licensing there. So we do have that same seated version. If you have Microsoft 365 licenses for your SharePoint online, and you want to be able to do some lightweight forms, you know, customize your SharePoint list forms, do a mobile application based off of your SharePoint document or library data, then you can do that with the seated version. Now, if you want to go beyond that, though, when you're doing your evaluation that we talked about earlier and you think maybe SharePoint isn't the ideal place for my data, or maybe it is, but we want to integrate data from SQL or you know Dynamics or Salesforce or whatever systems that you're using here, then those get into the category of maybe you need some premium connectors and you need some additional Power Platform licensing that you might consider, uh, whether it be Power Apps you know, per app or per user license, depending on the scale of the application and all that. So that can go into the whole weeds and we have a whole licensing documentation that you can read through and get your thesis in um, on, on how all of that works. But it really comes down to what are you wanting to do? And if it's strictly just forms over data in SharePoint, you can do most of that with the seated license that's included in there. Beautifully answered. But what if I don't like SharePoint online or I don't trust it, even though it's going into 2024 and I'm afraid of AI and co-pilots and everything else. And my organization just really wants to continue using SharePoint on-prem. What are my options? For one, there's an on-prem data gateway. If you are in the cloud in some capacity, maybe you're not using SharePoint in the cloud, right? You can use an on-prem data gateway to connect to your SharePoint on-prem data and do that. Otherwise, I mean, there's always third-party tools that you can use for these things with your on-prem data that have been out there for years. And, and then there's the custom code route too. So you're not limited just to the Power Platform, even though 
you know, that's my favorite and that's what I like to recommend. But there, there's other third-party tools and, and the custom code route that, that you can do if you really, if you're on-prem and you want to stick with it and do storm server data and, and workflows and all that. As much as we're a low-code power platform podcast, April, is is it just Power Apps and Power Automate as the official replacements for SharePoint workflows and InfoPath? Or are there other tools that also should be in consideration based on, I don't know, the, the types of use cases, if it's just data collection or if they need you know, other other types of pro code tools, for example. Yeah, there's there's definitely other. Like I, I find a lot of things that people have used InfoPath for have been relatively simple. And I would argue that say a power app is an overkill for that. You could just use Microsoft Forms. I mean just simple input collection. There's not a lot of, you know, even conditional logic. So that that's one thing that I always throw in there to consider. But then also custom code route. You know, could I could you use Xamarin Forms or you know things like that for what you need? And then the third party tools. There's tools that have been out there for a while, like Nintex and and all of that that, that you can use to to automate. So and then even more AI tools that have been popped up you know, with AI is all the rage to, to kind of help you with that. So there's there's no limit, I think, to tools that could be potential replacements these days to, to InfoPath and, and SharePoint Designer. Nice. So we've talked a little bit about third-party alternatives for this. What about organizations that had third-party tooling in their organization already that may have utilized the 2013 workflow engine or InfoPath forms as part of its solution offering? What are the implications around that? That's another great point. I mean, they're thinking about it. You're, you'd have to think, I don't know what specific tools you'll be using, if there's like updates to it, if there's dependencies on that 2013 workflow engine, but the logic will have to live somewhere else <laughs> for that. So that I, I don't know the exact answer, but depending on your tools, but there, there's something that to, to be considered for sure. Yeah, this was this was my life previously, was working <laughs> on tools that, that did have dependencies on SharePoint workflow engine 2013. And so you have a great point in this, right? Like those third-party tools will have to in-house figure out what are the alternative methods they can take to provide the same solutions. But this is where if you are an organization that is utilizing one of them, definitely talk to your provider and they should offer assistance in that. But I will never turn you away from trying Power Automate too as an alternative. Give it a shot. See if it works for you. There's plenty of great offerings in there and also with Power Apps. And just like you said, it might be overkill using Power Apps. Try Microsoft Forms. It does a lot of the logic that you might be looking for in InfoPath. Anyway, I think it's I think it's really good. But I think both of us, you and I, have sort of lived this life in terms of former customers, even you, Wendy, as well. Perhaps April, you know, we could maybe encourage folks to talk and by saying just how easy and so on the transition can actually be and the benefits of it once you move there. Like, for example, moving from say using uh, designer workflows to now using Power Automate um, cloud flows and maybe even RPA in the form of desktop flows, you can now start using things also like Process Miner and so on. So there's the benefits, I feel, um, vastly outweigh the cons, if you will. But you are more on the front lines than us. So what do you hear and what do you tell your customers? Yeah, I mean, there's... Obviously, the the pain of moving over is like the, the biggest barrier. But I always tell like the light at the end of the tunnel is definitely worth it because you know having to debug something in SharePoint Designer Workflows, I have lived that more times than I can count in my consulting days, and there was no easy way to debug those things. If it broke, you were in for the long haul, trying to figure out and do your best to see what was wrong. That's not the same story for Cloudflows and and Power Automate. It's very easy to debug, night, night and day difference. So I, I tell people that even though you have to go through the initial pain 
of getting things moved over, you're going to like the tooling better. I mean, just debugging, even creating is is easier now with Copilot. I mean, being able to just describe what you want and get to a workflow faster is is amazing in and of itself. And just the additional features that you unlocked, like you, I said this earlier, but you might have been limited to what you could do with those tools, and you might have all these ideas of these integrations and things that you want that are now unlocked with a thousand plus connectors that you have at your disposal if you move over to say power automates or, or power apps to be able to use that so it's it's definitely worth it in the end there's some things to, to make it better like you mentioned process mining so really being able to dive in and see you know where are the inefficiencies in your process because this is like we mentioned reevaluating things so maybe you you get things moved over and run it through process mining and see is this the best way to do it is there a better way so all kinds of tools just to, to really help you once you do get all of that moved over to something like like the power platform yeah, I also say, you know, hey, designer is not gone. We just rebranded it. So I've been making images of myself um, all week, cartoon images yeah. and so on. So for those of you who haven't tried Microsoft Designer, go try out. Ten yeah. productivity goes way down. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> AI. yeah. I spent way too much time this week on my, using Microsoft Designer too. So. That was really cool. Are you, so you're telling me, April, that you don't want to look at stack traces in ULS logs anymore? Is that something you, you you're not a fan of? Oh my god. You know, I can't say that I miss those days. Uh, that I that's something that I wanted to spend my time on. <laughs> These glasses got much much thicker with with doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun. Yeah, I think when we post this episode on LinkedIn, we need a compilation of all of our designer photos and one like you know like the headshot square thing. So oh yeah, well I'll upload our our photos. Sean's got a great collection of them. I want to ask so for the orgs that have been kicking the can because we've been talking about this for for years, even when I was a customer before I joined Microsoft. But for for the orgs that may have been kicking the can or not not focusing on this, can you migrate your workflows? Do you have to rebuild and in your info path forms? Do you have to rebuild them? And what happens if I don't do anything? I don't know unless anyone else on the podcast knows here of a tool that actually does the migration. I know, and it's been a minute since I've looked. So maybe in the last year or so there is, but I don't think there's a tool that will directly allow you to, hey, here's my SharePoint designer workflow, make it a cloud flow, or here's my InfoPath form and make it a power app. There's a tool to do the assessment to kind of tell you what data sources you're going in and kind of figure out more what you need to move over. But it is, is to my knowledge, you know, a manual process to get things moved over there. Sorry, and the second part of your question was? So if you don't do anything, What's going to happen? Is it is there like a retention period? Is it just gone after the retirement date? Are things broken? Like what what, what are we expecting here? It's my understanding, and don't quote me on this because I'm not 100% sure on it, that you'll continue to be able to use your application, say, in InfoPath, but you're not going to be able to make new ones or make improvements to that. So like if people can still submit to that, but if it breaks, then, you know... <laughs> It breaks type thing. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, April, thank you so much for joining. We're we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Lots of great information to pass on to admins and even, you know, SharePoint workflow developers and SharePoint developers too and InfoPath developers of how they can look to transition off or maybe continue having the conversations in their organization or start the conversations as we approach this deadline that's coming up. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to pass along to potential new makers that might be coming onto SharePoint or onto a Power Platform and maybe what they can do to get started a little bit faster? Some secret tips from April? 
Yeah, for for those new that haven't really experimented with the platform, I kind of said it before, but utilize Copilot. That's kind of what it's there for is if you're new to the platform to help you get started faster. I really work well by reverse engineering. So use Copilot to try to get an application out there that gets what you need, see what it built for you and learn from there. And then also, of course, we have so many great resources on Microsoft Learn, but also from the community itself. So you can simply go out to YouTube. There's the Shane Youngs, the Lisa Crosby's, uh, people of the world that have some great content out there that you can learn from to get started. And a lot of people are willing to help. So we have between Copilot and between the community and the documentation, I think you have everything you need to get started. And hey, this wonderful woman named April makes videos as well on YouTube and other and helps the community. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, I'll also make a plug for our team. So something that we're seeing with with customers on the field too. So we do a lot of consulting and training. We we are depending on your contract. Um, you if you have unified support for some of the, the enterprise agreements um, or proactive credits, you can actually get architects to come in and help provide those office hours or technical support. You can have partners come in and help rebuild the workflow. So well, a lot of what I'm seeing customers do is basically inventory using some of the scanning tools April, you recommended at the beginning of the podcast and either say, okay, these four workflows or six workflows, we're going to have a partner come in and rebuild or Microsoft come in and help um, because they're more complex. And then we might have the, the smaller ones. We'll do some office hour support or use the resources that you recommended. So it can be a bit of a hybrid approach too. And um, those are great resources for you. And you can talk to your Microsoft representative if you're interested in that. So one other thing to mention, Wendy, like you just reminded me is that Many of our um, MTCs, Microsoft Technology Centers, throughout the United States and the world also have envisioning centers. You can work with your account teams and have envisioned sessions inside of that where they'll look at your business and whatnot and sort of try to help you understand how Microsoft products can help you organize, advance, and accelerate your business. It's a wonderful way to spend the day. Plus, I think we might feed you sometimes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're very invested in this space. We, we believe in the power platform and low code, and we want to help you be successful in, in growing your business on it. So lots of great resources, both available online and then, then through Microsoft or our partners too. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, April. Really appreciate you coming on and giving us a great education on what it means to get off of InfoPath and SharePoint Workflows 2013. So thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, April. 